from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good, good morning, security gang, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. It's been a busy morning, and I'll tell you why. If, if you look at the headlines, there's not a lot going on, but really underneath the surface, when you dig deep, there's a ton going on, and we're going to be talking about that on today's show. I thought I wasn't going to have enough stories, and then as I kept digging, I kept finding stuff, and I'm just like, well, add one plus one plus one equals five, and that math is pretty solid. Uh, and what I mean by that is one impact leads to another impact leads to another impact, which leads to greater, greater impact. So good morning to everyone watching us live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Good morning to all of y'all and everyone listening on your favorite podcast listening platform. Please give us a five-star rating, like, share. Good morning to everyone commenting. We see all of y'all. We see your comments. Good morning, everyone. Join me. Or afternoon. We do have an international audience looking like the globe is lit up with different spots where we have people tuning in this morning. So good morning to our global, amazing cybersecurity gang audience. My cup of coffee today is also international. Uh, y'all can't see it because of the light, but it says Holland on it. So coffee cup cheers, y'all. So with that being said, I'm going to kick off this morning's show. Start with Cisco announcing yesterday several patches for critical vulnerabilities in its Expressway series and telepresence video communication server enterprise collaboration and video communication solutions that is such a long thing to describe a product that is cve 2023-20105 has a cvss score of 9.6 the vulnerability allows an admin with read only rights to elevate their privileges to read and write the issue exists because password change requests are not handled properly that allows an attacker uh, authenticated as a read only admin to send a crafted request to change the password for any user account on the system including that of a read-write admin, and then impersonate them. Cisco Expressway Series and Telepresence uh, have granted CLI access to read-only admins, are also vulnerable to CVE 2023-2019 or 2, a high-severity vulnerability also leading to escalation of privileges. According to Cisco, CLI access is disabled by default for read-only users. Nonetheless, all of these versions have now been updated, and they're asking everyone to go ahead and patch those devices and softwares but then we get to this one vmware also fixes another set of critical vulnerabilities in their vrealize network analytics tool so vmware issued multiple security patches today addressing critical and high severity vulnerabilities in the vmware araya operations for networks allowing attackers to gain remote uh, execution or access sensitive information the vrealize is a network visibilities and analytics tool that helps admin optimize network performance, or manage and scale various VMware and Kubernetes deployment. You may ask yourself, James, why is this important? And you may not know. The reason for it is because a lot of these tools are used in data centers, massive data centers. One, to manage network operations. Two, to manage workloads and increase efficiency and performance of your cloud operation. See, at the end of the day, while you set up your cloud servers on the software side, there's someone operating the hardware that supports the software. I know that's really awkward for some people to think about it that way, but really the cloud is just a massive data center. I know I shouldn't have to say it, but, but that's, that's the truth. This significant vulnerability has tremendous impact if it's not being patched quickly and effectively. The CVE that's been appointed as CVE 2023-20887, an unauthenticated threat actor can exploit it in low-complexity low attacks 
that don't require user interaction. A malicious actor with network access to VMware Arias operations for networks may be able to perform a command injection attack resulting in remote code execution. They've also patched a second vulnerability that could also lead to remote code execution or un- on the unpatched Araya operation appliances. This is CVE 2023-2088, y'all. The third flaw is an information disclosure vulnerability tracked to CVE 2023-2088-niner. Enables malicious actors to access sensitive information following a successful injection attack. VMware says no workarounds are available to remove the attack vectors, so you have to patch. You have to. You've got to patch it. So make sure... Um, If you're working in a private cloud, by the way, private cloud, whether it's your own or a third party that's not Azure, Amazon, or Google Cloud, you want to have this conversation. Are you using VMware Araya? You want to have that conversation. You want to sign those NDAs. You want to know what's operating on the back end. So if you see something, you can call and actually hold them accountable and not wait until the very, very last moment when you're actually going through an event and realize it's because of the hardware on the cloud side of the house. That's really important. How many of you drive Hondas? If you do, just like, you know, comment, whatever. Honda is going through its own little event at the moment. Um, There's been security holes and data exposures that were discovered earlier this year by US-based researchers Ian uh, Zavari, I'm sorry, who notified Honda about his findings in mid-March, the vendor immediately took steps to address the issues, thanked the white hat hacker for his work, but didn't reward him as it does not have a bug bounty program. And Honda also said, we don't really have evidence of malicious exploitation. Here's the deal. Someone helps you realize you've got a vulnerability. They do this because they want to help you. The fact that you don't have a bug bounty and you don't find it in your place to pay them something Seriously, I have an issue with Honda and their security team to the fact that a white hat volunteer hacker found something in your environment and you found no reason to reward them because you don't have a bug bounty program. Thanks for helping us discover our own failures voluntarily. We appreciate it. Here's a pat on the back, buddy. You know, Ian, if if you and I are ever in the same place, man, dinner on me. Uh, I'll at least buy you dinner. And I don't own a Honda. So, Honda's best known for its cars, but the e-commerce platform Analyzed is designed for sales of Honda power equipment, generators, pumps, lawnmowers, boat engines, and other accessories. The platform powers Honda dealer sites, a service that dealers can use to create websites where they sell Honda products. Dealers need to create an account and are provided all the tools they need to create a website, promote it, and handle product orders, kind of think of like Shopify. The researchers discovered a password reset API vulnerability in an admin dashboard that allowed them to reset the password of a test account set up by Honda. While they only gave him access to the test account, he discovered an insecure direct object reference vulnerability that gave him access to every dealer's data simply by changing the value of an ID in the admin panel URL. From the dealer admin dashboard, he was able to elevate privileges to the admin of the entire platform functionality reserved for Honda employees. Using a specially crafted request, administrator panel provided an overview of the dealer network, including the amount of money earned in subscription fees. He gained access to over 21,000 customer orders, ranging from 2016 to 2023. That included PII information. It also exposed 1,500 dealer sites that could have been modified by an attacker. I think Honda owes this guy a whole lot more than just a pat on the back here, y'all. So here's the deal. APIs, if you don't write them, if you're not testing, if you're not going through the entire life cycle of them, 
it's a nightmare. And it's a nightmare because you'd never know what's happening. If you've got any APIs touching PHI or PII or payment data or crown jewels, and you're not monitoring those APIs, and we're not talking about a WAF type of rule. I'm talking about you're monitoring your APIs, all the different calls that come through. What are those calls? What are the responses? Uh, what kind of activities that API seeing? Is that activity uh, uh, correct activity? Is the results coming from that API call effective? You know, in my previous role at Glorify, we invested so much in API security because we were predominantly API based. And we knew that a lot of our functions were API based. You've got to cover your, you, you've got to cover this. And this is a classic example of overlooking it. Classic. Um, and Honda has to deal with that. So Barracuda is saying hacked ESG appliances need to be replaced immediately. Love that image by bleeping computer, by the way. So email and network security company Barracuda is warning customers that they have to replace their email security gateway appliance that's been hacked in now a patched zero-day vulnerability. The impacted appliances must be immediately replaced regardless of the patch version level the company warned in an update on Tuesday. Barracuda remediation recommendation at this time is full replacement of the impacted ESG. Ouch. The warning comes after the critical Barracuda ESG remote command injection flaw track, the CVE 2023-2868, was patched remotely on May 20th. The attackers continued to access it. On May 24th, Barracuda warned customers that their devices could have been breached and advised them uh, to look investigate their environment for signs of intrusion. It's now been reported that it started being exploited in October, and now Barracuda says that over 200,000 organizations have this. So if you're a Barracuda customer, comments, please. Would you replace it? Or would you replace the whole Barracuda system? Hmm. At this point, if you're doing a rip and replace, maybe you just get something better. Just saying. Well, Move It and Clop are going at it. Researchers guided dark reading through one of the most important bits of the Clop's latest exploit of the Move It FTP, pro, uh, FTP vulnerability and, and, and exploit. Experts say the attack was not only successful that affected hundreds of millions and billion dollar organizations throughout the Western world, but also pretty simple. <coughs> Excuse me. Though researchers initially tracked the move it as a novel group on January on June 4th, Microsoft attributed to, to the attack to the to an actor they trace as Lace Tempest, known for running the Clop extortion website. Um, and so now we know that. It was actually pretty easy to unpack the MoveIt vulnerability. You know, Hammond pulled up a VM running an unpatched version of MoveIt, logs in to show how the environment looks like before he does his magic. The objective, upload a gift from the movie Madagascar, no permission necessary. So the gimmick is, are there any SQL injection vulnerabilities that we could go ahead and take advantage of and exploit, he explains, before running it on the command prompt. He flashes the window containing his custom malicious script. It's short, maybe 100 lines by the looks of it. Does this indicate that the attack was actually rather simple? It's pretty, pretty simple. Um, you got to read this. Like, I'm just not going to bore you with all the details. The details are exciting. It's not that I don't want to bore you, but it's really, really simple. I mean, this, again, go look at Honda. Now look at Move It. Understand software. That's where they're coming. I know the DBIR says phishing and... And social engineering, I get that. I'm not dismissing it. But they're using the, the social engineering attacks to take advantage of software 
read the DBIR in more detail, you'll see that. Here's why this one's interesting. A lot of places have been, um, a lot of the companies that have been breached because of this now have the media kind of creating a frenzy. And that frenzy is the fact that Klopp is saying that in Nova Scotia, they've erased all the stolen data, meaning there's no data to recover. They're saying that they're uh, in possession of sensitive personal information and the media, it just eats this up. And this folks, this to all of you is something new in your IR playbook. The media frenzy around some of these major ransomware attacks where the threat actors understand that going to the media and bashing and creating fear adds pressure on the victim to compromise. They don't care. The, the, the integrity doesn't exist, and the media integrity has never really existed, right? But when two parties don't have integrity and people trust one of them, this is what you've got. And you've got a media frenzy going around in Canada. I looked it up. A ton of places where people are where where the Canadian press is just talking through Telegram with these attackers and these attackers are saying, "Well, we're deleting. We've got all this information. Oh, it's going to be really bad. Oh, the stuff we can do. You should really hold your people accountable." That, folks, is a new type of psychological warfare that's being added to practitioners to your incident response plan, and that's really really significant. Our final story is this new U.S.-Israel agency joint guidance on remote access software exploitation. The uh, guidance, which was released, talks about best practices to prevent and mitigate the often undetected attacks. Um, and you can see this here, by the way. The link is in the show notes. Go check it out. Really good reference documents and something to share with your team. Kind of go over it. Mark your T's. Make sure you've got your checklist covered. Obviously, when NSA, Israel, FBI, CISA, and all come together and issue an alert like this, then there's apparently they're seeing a lot of activity there, and that's why they've issued this. So something to keep in mind. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back on Monday with a whole lot more tomorrow. Special episode, the panel I did in Dallas, Texas, at Data Connectors on, in May. I'll be airing that tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern. Catch it on your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't miss it. A great conversation around responsibilities um, for CISOs, priorities, uh, in 2023 and so much more. So thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for all your great comments. Thank you all for being part of the show. It's, you know, 500 plus episodes at this point, five years. Uh, I, I love every minute of spending time with y'all in the morning. So thank y'all again so, so much. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. See you Monday. Until then, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.